Praise the Lord, everyone out there in podcasts and YouTube land. This is Dr. Dennis James Woods, and we're here with you one more time with the Revelation Revolution podcast. And today we're going to be dealing with a theological argument as it's kind of complex. Uh, so uh, if you want to uh, stick around for this one, you're going to really enjoy it, but you're going to have to put on your, uh, I suggest that you take notes and uh, study along with me. It's a lot of detail because we're going to be looking at the six seal problem. Um, I remember not too long ago, I was with a good friend of mine that is a pastor of a church in the Chicago area, and we were talking about eschatological events, you know, where the wrath of God, and that started. And the pastor asked me, he said, well, uh, uh, Dr. Woods, where do you put the wrath, the wrath of God? And I said, well, uh, you know, since I'm pre-wrath, it's right before the bold judgments. And he said, well, I got a problem with that. And basically he said, because the wrath of God starts at the sixth seal. And the sixth seal is where the wrath of God is and all of that. And so as I began to look more into this issue, a lot of scholars um, uh, and where they actually put the fulfillment of the sixth seal in relationship to Daniel's 70th week, uh, I see that there's a wide range of uh of opinions of where this goes. And so that's what this lesson is going to be about. We're going to be dealing with the six seal problem. The six seal presents some unique problems that we can only work out through using the timelines and the timelines and the in the keys that the book of Revelation actually gives us. And so let's go into our lesson with a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you and praise you, Lord God, for everyone that is watching this video. Lord God, we pray, Lord God, that you open their minds and their understanding and their heart. Lord God, what we're attempting to do is to understand what you are saying in your word. We're not claiming to know everything or be the last and the final and the best answer for everything. We don't know, Lord God. We just have to wait many of us on how this is going to turn out. Lord God, we don't know everything. We don't know every answer. Uh, no man does. And so we're asking, Lord God, for wisdom as you lead and guide us in all truth. And so, Father, we do thank you and we praise you. We bless those, Lord God, that are watching and are tuning in uh, to this uh, video and podcast. And we ask you, Lord God, to keep them, bless their families. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's get into our lesson and we're going to share our screen for those of you that um, are going to be listening to this on the podcast uh, we'll, you're going to also be very very blessed by this presentation because um, uh, God has shown me given me some wisdom in this area and I think that it will be a blessing for the uh, body of Christ and so let us get into this we're going to start right now. So again, the title of this lesson is The Sixth Seal Problem. The Sixth Seal Problem. Glory to God. Let's look at the text that uh, text on tonight that we're going to be dealing with. Uh, because it's going to set the stage for the rest of the teaching on tonight. It says, beginning uh, at Revelation chapter 6, verse number 12, I looked, 
And when he broke the sixth seal, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth made of hair, and the whole moon became as blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree that casts its unripe figs when shaken by a great wind. The sky was split apart like a scroll when it is rolled up and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the commanders and the rich and the strong and every slave, free man, hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, who is able to stand? And that is Revelation chapter 6, verses 12 through 17, and that's from the New American Standard uh, Bible. So we see that the sixth seal presents some unique challenges to those who have tried to chart out the sequence of apocalyptic events. In this seal, you have specific cosmic signs that are clearly delineated in both Old and New Testaments. For example, the sixth seal speaks of the sun turning to darkness and the moon into blood. These are known as the cosmic disturbances or the cosmic signs. These signs are also associated with a period known as the day of the Lord, also known as the wrath of God or the wrath of the Lamb. There are other names also like the day of vengeance as well. The time of Jacob's trouble, it's, it's, it's other ones as well. I uh, just wanted to put that in there. Let's look at this from the Old Testament. Let's look at Isaiah chapter uh, 13, verses 9 through 13. And we're going to see some common threads as with some common uh, characteristics of this prophecy that we're, uh, we're going to see thematically about when it comes to the day of the Lord and these cosmic signs. Verse number 9, 13, it says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, cruel and both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners there out of it. For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened and it's going forth and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. And I will punish the world for their evil and for the wicked of their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease. And I will lay hold of the haughtiness of the terrible. Therefore, I will shake the heavens and the earth shall remove out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts in the day of his fierce anger. So we see now, we, we see the term, the day of the Lord, okay, this is the time of God's wrath. How do we know that? Because it comes both cruel with wrath. And so when we think of the wrath of God, we're also thinking of the synonymous term, the day of the Lord, okay? So we're thinking in terms of both of those. 
The day of the Lord is a time period of, of the time period of God's wrath, which culminates in his actual return to set up his kingdom here on earth and uh, his, uh, which uh, uh, inaugurates his millennial reign in the name of Jesus. Okay, so now let's look at some corresponding scriptures uh, that also deal with the wrath of God. Let's look at the prophet Joel and the second chapter of Joel uh, 28 through 31, King James Version. This is how it reads. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the man handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heaven and in the earth. Blood, fire, and pillars of smoke. Listen to this. The sun shall be be turned into darkness and the moon into blood, listen to this word, before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. So before the great and notable day of the Lord, we just read about it in the book of Revelation. We read about those the sun turning to darkness and the moon into blood. This is the exact same thing that Joel talks about. Now, Peter in Acts quotes Joel chapter number two. And so this is why you also find this, these same words in the book of Acts. But let's read the last half of it. Uh, again, he says, I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And so now we get a picture not only from Isaiah, not only from Joel, not only from Peter and Acts, but we have more coming. And now, and I, uh, the Isaiah text is not the only day of the Lord's text. You have other ones in Zechariah, Zephaniah, Ezekiel. There's, there's other ones, Daniel. We, we're, we're not going to go through all of those. We're going to go, go through the ones that are dealing with the cosmic signs, particularly. We want to stick with those. Okay, so our next passage is going to be in Matthew, what Jesus Christ himself also said about this time. It says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 15 and 16, from the NAS, the word of the Lord reads, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, footnote here, abomination of desolation, this is when the uh, beast or the Antichrist walks into the temple. Uh, Israel's going to have to rebuild the temple at some point in the future. They're going to do it. Glory to God. He's going to walk into that rebuilt temple, walk into the most holy place of that temple and declare himself to be God. Okay, he's going to erect a uh, image of himself almost in the same likeness as Antiochus Epiphanes did in 167 BC that defiled the temple back then. That was the first abomination of desolation. And then there's a future one that the Antichrist is going to do. And so the and one that Antiochus Epiphanes did uh, uh, just a, a couple of hundred years beyond Daniel's day in 167 BC was the type of what the Antichrist is going to do in the book of Revelation. And so this is what Jesus is talking about here, the abomination of desolation. So he says that at the 15th verse, 15 to 16th verse. And then now let's jump down to the 21st uh, verse of that same passage. 
And then it says, for then will be great tribulation such as not occurred since the beginning of the world until now or ever will. So he's talking about the great, the upheaval that's going to be the uh, great, great persecution that's going to break out. Okay. Then further on in this same discourse, because this is called the Mount Olivet Discourse, in verse number 29, this is important. This is what he said, but immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. So there we have it again. We have the cosmo cosmic signs again, the sun darkened, moon turning to blood, uh, stars from he uh, heaven falling and all of that. And remember now, these are ancient people seeing visions of the future. They only described it from a, what is called phenomenological uh, point of view, which means from the appearance of the eyes, phenomenological. What that simply means is how things look from our perspective here on earth. It looks like the sun is rising. That's phenomenological. That is not, the sun is not rising. The earth is spinning. Okay, but from our point of view, that's how it looks. And so, uh, uh, you know, so these uh, prophets, when they were looking in the future, they didn't know what, 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 what missiles and atom bombs and uh, modern uh, t technology and weaponry, they didn't know how to describe it other than the frame of reference that they were in. But uh, the people that are living during this time are going to know. We're not actually talking about stars like the sun actually falling to the earth because the sun is a million times larger than the earth. And all it would take is one <laughs> to fall on earth and we wouldn't be here. So, uh, uh, but if it looks like meteors or shooting stars or things like that they wouldn't know what it is when a missile is coming you know uh, when we look at the uh, uh, the conflict over in Ukraine or even in the Middle East when we look at Israel when Hamas is shooting missiles at Israel and Israel is shooting and, and shooting them down it looks like arrows being shot it looks like stars falling see that's what it looks like okay so you can imagine uh, a person from the first century perspective looking at all this or even people that are in Joel's which is hundreds of years before Christ you, 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 people like that see things like this, you know, that's the only way they can describe them. So that's why you're getting phenomenological language here in the name of Jesus. And so that's why you see the stars fall from the sky and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Okay. So let's go on. So now let's just deal with the sequence of events of things that are going to be happening. The prophet Joel clearly states that these cosmic disturbances, namely, namely, the sun being turned to darkness and the moon into blood, that these signs appear before the day of the Lord come. Again, what is the day of the Lord? The day of the Lord is the day of God's wrath, where he pours out the wrath on the world. And that's what Paul says we're not appointed to, for God has not appointed us to wrath. So the question becomes for many people, particularly in the pre-trib camp and other camps, when does that wrath start? Well, some people say, well, it starts with the beginning of the 70 week, but particularly with the seals and then particularly with the sixth seal, because the sixth seal actually mentions the wrath of God. And they say from that point on, it's all the wrath of God and the church is not here and all of that. So this is why this conversation, it can be an important one or an engaging one. For some of you, this might be a little over your head, but don't worry about it. Just hang in there, learn something, come back to the video later on. You'll, you'll, you'll always learn something. Okay. All right. Now, then Jesus says that the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon of blood shall not give his light 
after the abomination of desolation is already in place. Remember, Jesus commented on these things. He says, first, when you see the abomination of desolation, then he talked about, uh, that's verse 15. Then in verse 21, he mentions uh, that for great this would be a time of great tribulation. And then in verse 29, uh, he mentions the fact that uh, immediately after that tribulation, you're going to see oh, the persecution or the upheaval of those days. The sun will be dark and the moon shall not give its light. It's the same cosmic signs hit before the day of the Lord comes. So we know that the Lord was talking about the day of the Lord and we know the Lord was talking about the day of the Lord because it's the same cosmic signs that Joel said are going to happen before the actual day of the Lord arrives. So the cosmic signs will appear in the sky. What are the cosmic signs? The sun being turned to darkness and the moon into blood. Okay, so that means these signs are going to be up there for a while. The sun and the moon are going to appear at the same time. You know, that's all day. You know, the sun being darkened, then all of a sudden, then when the moon does come up, it look like blood. That's going to be scary. You know, so the bottom line is, but these are going to be things where the world won't, uh, will automatically know something bigger than us is doing this. Okay, so this is going to be uh, some, some type of event. So we know that the abomination of desolation is when the Antichrist walks into the temple and declares himself to be God. So we know that Antichrist cannot be revealed or start his reign before his appointed time, which is limited to 42 months. Now, this is another thing that you often hear people uh, uh, actually mischaracterize. The Antichrist or the beast is only the beast for 42 months. He's reigning. Now, he'll be a human being. I don't know. He might be 40, 50 years. I, I don't know how old he's going to be. I don't know if he's around right now. It's a good chance he is. It's a good chance he's not. We don't know. See, no one knows stuff like that. We, we just don't know, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, glory to God. But the bottom line is, is this. When he does come to power, he only has 42 months. Not 43, not 44, not 40. 42. That's three and a half years is what he have. Okay, it's what he has. In the middle of Daniel's 70th week is when the abomination of desolation is set up. So that happens in the middle of that seven-year period. And when the Antichrist begins his 42-month reign, reign, as Revelation calls him, the beast. So he begins his reign in the middle of that seven-year period. Now, how do we know this? Daniel 9.27, right here at the bottom, NASB, this is what it says. And he, the person who's going to become the Antichrist, technically, he's not the Antichrist yet. He says, and he will make a firm covenant with many for one week. One week here, ladies and gentlemen, it's like a regular week has seven days. This is a week of years, okay? But in the middle of the week or in the middle of the seven or three and a half years in, he will put a stop to sacrifice and grain offerings. And on the wing of abominations, he will, will come one who makes desolate, even until a complete destruction. And that is and and one that is decreed is poured out on the one who makes it desolate. So in other words, the Antichrist is going to come in. He's going to take away Israel's right to sacrifice. He's going to place the abomination of desolation, which, it, which, it, which Paul later on describes. We'll see it in the following verse. He's going to do that. And once he does that, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to kick off what is called the great tribulation. A glory to God. And in God's response to this final blasphemer, this final antichrist, is God is going to pour his wrath out on the world and on the antichrist and the beast and his kingdom and all those who have 
uh, uh, united with him by way of receiving his mark. And so uh, this is why all of this is important. Okay, now, so the day of the Lord is when God pours out his divine wrath. However, before that day or that time period comes, the cosmic signs of the sun being turned to darkness and the moon into blood appear in the heavens first or before the day of the Lord comes. And so we want to establish that fact. This is what we see occurring when the sixth seal is opened. Okay, so let's take another look at what it is the sixth seal is saying. Let's look at it again. Verse number 12, Revelation 6, I looked and when he broke the sixth seal and there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth made of hair and the whole moon became like blood and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree cast its unripe figs when shaken by a mighty wind. Okay, now. Since the sixth seal clearly shows the cosmic disturbances that have to occur after the abomination of desolation, clearly puts their fulfillment on the other side of Daniel's 70th week. Okay? Let me say that again. Since the sixth seal clearly shows the cosmic disturbances, okay, those cosmic disturbances are in the sky prior to the coming of the day of the Lord, okay? So that puts the fulfillment of the cosmic signs and the wrath of God after the middle point of the seven-year period. Why? Because Antichrist doesn't begin his reign until the middle point. He doesn't uh, 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 start blaspheming God and set up the abomination of desolation until after the middle point. He has three and a half years of reign, and in that three and a half year period, right before the, the wrath of God is poured out on his kingdom, these cosmic signs will hit as a signal that the wrath of God is about to drop. The rapture of the church will already have been taking place before this wrath starts. So, so that's why we're pre-wrath, and we're going to show you. I actually have a chart at the end. I want you to stay to the end because you, you guys are going to see my chart. Man, it's exciting. I'm excited about it, right? Okay, so this is, this is what the sixth seal offers, but this is also where the sixth seal problem comes in because this presents a problem to expositors and those who try to map out or chart where this seal event occurs in relationship to the seven-year period called Daniel's 70th week. So let's look at this. Let's look at some New Testament scholars. In particular, Dr. John MacArthur. Dr. John MacArthur, I like using his material. There's some things I vehemently disagree with him on. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but there are some things, and I disagree with him on, on the point he's about to make here, uh, but I, I'm using him because he's one of the most well-known uh, pre-trib dispensational scholars around right now in America. Now, I didn't say he was the top, top, top of the heap, but when it comes to pastors who have his commentaries, he's up there at the top. He's probably one of the more prolific uh, dispensational scholars still alive uh, today. 
but anyway, this is from the MacArthur New Testament commentary, his uh, part uh, one and his two part uh, commentary on Revelation, which is a part of his 2627 New Testament commentary. Excuse me. And this is from page 202. This is what he this is what he says about the sixth seal. Unlike the first five seals, each of which involve humans in one way or another, for example, the four horsemen, the saints under the altar, in the sixth seal God acts alone. By the time this seal is opened, the midpoint of the tribulation has passed. And the world is in the final three and one half year period known as the Great Tribulation. Remember, we just read that in Matthew 24, 21. By then, the final Antichrist has been has desecrated the temple and Jerusalem. That's what the abomination of desolation is. The world worships him and massive persecution of Jews and Christians has broken out. So Dr. MacArthur is very clear. He is saying by the time this sixth seal is open, we are already way past the middle of Daniel's 70th week. Uh, glory to God. After the Antichrist is in place, after the persecution of believers begins, we know this because the sixth seal clearly shows the presence of the cosmic disturbances, which we know occur be before the day of the Lord comes. Okay? Therefore, Dr. MacArthur's and other scholars place the sixth seal as occurring well after the middle of the week. This also presents a big problem. Now, you see, there's a problem with that. And we're going to show you what that problem is. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is a, actually a pre-wrath uh, uh, rapture chart, but it will serve well in this presentation because it reflects accurately what Dr. MacArthur was just saying. Now, if you see here, well, I'm circling it, they're in green. This is the beginning of the seven-year period. The yellow is the midpoint. The red is the end. This is the end of the seven years, okay? These blue circles here, these are the seals. So he's saying the first seal is open here. The second seal is open here. The third seal is opened here. The fourth seal, now he's past the midpoint. The fourth seal is open, the fifth seal is open, and then the sixth seal he has right here, okay? So this is what he said in his commentary that by the time this is open, we are past the midpoint, past the abomination of desolation, persecution has already broken out and all of that, and uh, this is, um, you know, why the... Uh, why he has the sixth seal being here on the timeline. But ladies and gentlemen, there's a problem with putting it there. This is the issue. The issue is it doesn't belong where they have said it has to happen. And so we're going to look at this tonight and we're going we're gonna to work through it to show that the sixth seal there's a problem with it, but not a problem with the sixth seal itself, but it's a problem how scholars have approached it and where it is on the Daniel 70th week timeline, as we just saw. Let's just look at it again. 
Remember now, the first seal here, then this is the first half. This is the first three and a half years. This is the second three and a half years of two halves of a seven-year period. Obviously, you know, half of seven is 3.5. So that's why we keep saying three and a half. Another way of looking at three and a half is 42 months, or as we'll see when we get to the two witnesses, 1260 days. They're all synonymous. Uh, and Revelation and Daniel also uses another phrase, time, times, and the dividing of time. So I just wanted to show you this again. So let's look at this whole scenario again from 2 Thessalonians. Now from 2 Thessalonians, ladies and gentlemen, a reading from the NASB, we're going to start at verse number one. It says, now we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together unto him, that you not be quickly shaken in your composure, nor be disturbed neither by a spirit or by message or a letter as from us, to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Now, let me just give you some, uh, some, some uh, a brief background here. What is going on here? The Thessalonians thought they were in the day of the Lord. Why? Because someone told them they were in the day of the Lord. Maybe they got a, 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 a forged letter in the apostle's name or some prophet. Somebody came said, the persecution that you are going through because they were in persecution. People were dying. Loved ones were dying. That's why they were concerned in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 about what happens to our dead loved ones because they were under persecution. Okay, and uh, some had now said that the day of the Lord had already occurred, which if that was the case, that they were in the day of the Lord, that would mean they have already missed the rapture. So that's why Paul says, now we request you, brother, with regards to the coming of our Lord, that's his uh, parousia, the coming, and our gathering together to him. That's the rapture, the gathering. Okay, and so he's talking about both things in this text. He's talking about both of them. He said that you not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed by a spirit or message or a letter as from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy, uh, 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 apostasia there in the Greek means falling away. Glory to God. What if, if Christians weren't still here at this time, what is there to fall away from, right? <laughs> so there's going to be a falling away first. And the man of lawlessness be revealed, the son of perdition, the son of destruction, excuse me. Uh, it says perdition in the King James. Uh, uh, verse number four, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Now, that is the abomination of desolation. This is Paul's version of what Jesus talked about in Matthew 24, of what Daniel talked about in Daniel 9, 24 through 20, uh, 9, 27. Uh, Daniel also 11, 38, 36 is uh, around in there uh, also. Uh, and, and this is uh, what we see in the book of Revelation when we turn to the uh, 13th chapter. Uh, glory to God. We see the Antichrist acting out. Uh, as some people say, acting a fool. And so, uh, and he is going to be the ultimate blasphemer of God. Now, let's get back to this idea about where scholars have placed this uh, seal. So let's go back to the chart here. I just want to show you again. This is the first seal, the second seal, third seal, fourth seal, fifth seal. Here's where the scholars put the sixth seal, okay? This is past the middle point, just as Dr. MacArthur said. Okay, now, it's a good reason why scholars place it there, 
But like I say, it's wrong. We'll see that. Okay. The reason why scholars must place the sixth seal after the middle of the week is because the, uh, because of the abomination of desolation must be in place before the day of the Lord can come. So the day of the Lord, before it can come, the abomination of desolation has to be in place. The day of the Lord is in response to the blasphemes of the Antichrist and him calling himself God and, 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 and gathering the whole world in rebellion against God. Glory to God. It's what Armageddon all that is about. It's about the people being under Antichrist and his reign. Also, the cosmic disturbances appear before the day of the Lord comes. Remember what it said in Joel. Joel chapter 2:31 and Acts chapter 2 verses 19 and 20. It says the great the sun shall be turned to the moon the, the moon shall be the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and mighty day of the Lord. So we know that this happens. Glory to God. Let's show it here again. I show it right here in Acts just so you will have it and I will show wonders in the heaven above signs in the earth beneath Blood, fire, and vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord comes. Now, since the sixth seal has the cosmic disturbances in it, this is why many scholars place it after the abomination of desolation. They have to. They have to put it there. If you're going to put it on the chart, it's got to go where they put it because the sixth seal has the cosmic disturbances and the cosmic disturbances happen right before the wrath of God kicks in. The wrath of God is in response to Antichrist and his rebellion and, his, and the abomination of desolation, which occurs three and a half years into that seven year period. So all of these events follow after the abomination of desolation, but the cosmic signs, the sun being darkened and the moon being turned into blood, occur right before the great and notable day of the Lord comes. And the day of the Lord, of course, is the wrath of God. Okay. Since the sixth seal has the cosmic disturbances, this is why many scholars place it after the abomination of desolation is in place. Now, in order to show the error of putting the sixth seal there, and, so, and before we get into the characteristics of the sixth seal, we have to switch for a moment and we have to go to the two witnesses. Now, the two witnesses in Revelation, this is not a talk about who they were and all that, Enoch and Elijah, Moses. I, look, I, don't nobody know who they are, okay? And I'm not getting into that. That's not what this, this part of the lesson is about. But the two witnesses present a unique problem for placing the sixth seal where people place it, okay? And this is why we have to go to the two witnesses. Let's look at the text that deal with the two witnesses. Revelation chapter 11, verses 3 through 6. I will grant authority to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1260 days. Clothe in sackcloth, these are the two olive trees, and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. If anyone wants to harm them, fire flows out of their mouth and devours them, their enemies. So if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in, the, in this way. These have power to shut up the sky so that 
Rain will not fall during the days of their prophecy, which is 1260 days, which is three and a half years. Glory to God. So that rain will not fall during the days of their prophecy. And they will have power over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every plague as often as they desire. They wake up in the morning and feel like, oh, somebody need an earthquake. Somebody needs some locusts. Somebody, you know, as often as they want. The world's going to hate them. They absolutely hate these people. Glory to God. So now, let's learn something about the two witnesses. 1260 days. Let's look at again what it says. For I will grant authority to my two witnesses and they will prophesy for how long? 1260 days. Okay? 1260 days equals 42 30-day months or three and a half years. It's another way of saying three and a half years. The question is, ladies and gentlemen, which half of the 70 week of Daniel, that final seven years, is their half in? Is their 40, uh, 1260 days in? Is it in the first half or in the second half? Many claim the two witnesses are in the second half because the text before the two witnesses speaks of the temple, which is in the second half. For example, all right, let's look at this. Here's the scripture right here. Leave out the court which was outside of the temple and do not measure it. For it has been given to the nations, or the King James Version says the Gentiles, and they will tread underfoot the holy city for 42 months. Now that's in Revelation uh, chapter 2. And verse 1 starts talking about the temple that is going to be the one that Antichrist is going to desecrate. Now, because the two witnesses narrative follows in verse 3, some expositors say, well, since the verse before it is talking about the last half, then the two you have to put the two witnesses in the last half. But this is a different vignette. The two witnesses is a different vignette altogether. Okay? So that's one of the reasons why they use it. But we're going to test that theory. Are they really in the second half? And this is going to help us determine where that six seal goes. So now, these are all connected. Just stick with me. Glory to God. In this context, the temple is in the last half. This is why they put it this way. I'm giving you the, the re their reasons. Because this is where the abomination of desolation occurs. Since the preceding verse speaks of the last half temple, the two witnesses are also put into the same time frame, being the last half of Daniel 70 week. But this is problematic for several reasons. They would be killed at the very end of the seven-year period. Now, this is what happens, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, if these two witnesses are in the last half of Daniel's 70 week, that means their ministry runs that entire period and they get killed right at the end. Look at what the scripture says, verse number seven. And when they have finished their testimony, the beast that comes up out of the abyss will make war with them and overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which is mystically called Sodom and Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. Now, ladies and gentlemen, when they have finished their 1260 days, or another way of saying it, their 42 months or their three and a half year ministry, if they are in the last half, 
that would put them at the very end of the time period called Daniel's 70th week, which is seven years. The first half, you have two halves, the first half and the second half. If you put these guys in the second half, that means that their ministry runs all the way to the very end, to the last day of that period. That's going to be a problem. Why? If the two witnesses are in the last half of the week, they get killed at the very end of the seven years. Their dead bodies are going to lay in the streets of Jerusalem for three days, which puts this event three days after the end of Daniel's 70th week and days into the millennium. That's a problem with that right there. But let me do this. Let me do a new share. I need to bring in the text so you can see it. Uh, we need to go to Revelation chapter 11. And let's, let's look at what happens to them. It says, When they have finished their testimony, the beast that comes up out of the abyss will make war against and kill them. Their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which is mystically called Sodom and Egypt, also where their Lord was crucified. Now listen to what happens. Those, peop those from the peoples and the tribes and the tongues and the nations will look at their dead bodies for three and a half days. Let me just pause right there. Ladies and gentlemen, this was not possible till the 20th century. Because it says the whole world is going to see them and their dead bodies lying in the streets. That wasn't possible until we had satellite technology that allowed us to get live feed signals through satellite communications, internet and all of that. For the whole world to see something that's in one place in the world. So this couldn't have happened before the 20th century, number one. So this is, this is a prophecy that encompasses technology that just became available to humans within the last 100 years. So just think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Think about what, what that means, okay? So now, let's look at this again. Those from the people and the tribes and the tongues and the nations will look at their dead bodies for three and a half days and will not permit their dead bodies to be laid into a tomb. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and celebrate, and they will send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Okay? So what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen, when these two witnesses are killed, the entire planet is going to celebrate. That's how much these guys are going to be hated. The entire planet is going to be like a worldwide Mardi Gras. Celebrations, parades, ticker tape, probably whole nine yards, right? So all this, just imagine all of this happening, but if you put it at the last part of Daniel's 70th week, this worldwide party is conflicting with some other things that are going on, which we're going to see here in a minute. But it says... Uh, but after these three, three days, the breath from the life from God came into them and they stood upon their feet and fear fell upon those that were watching them. And they heard a voice from heaven saying, come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud while their enemies watched them. You talking about being blown away. Just imagine CNN, MSNBC, El Chajira, BCC, all of the people, MSNBC, Fox, all of them. Eon, if they still around, Ion, whatever it's called. <laughs> the, the, the Trump network. <laughs> They're all going to be 
focusing in and watching these guys when they take up from the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, that's got to be off the chain when this happens. But let's get back to my lesson. Let's get back to it. Glory to God. So we're going to go back to where we were. So, now we're back with the two witnesses. Okay? Their dead bodies are going to lay in the streets of Jerusalem for three and a half days. Which puts this event three and a half days after the end of Daniel 70. Wait, this is a problem. The passage mentions the whole world will be celebrating their deaths by sending gifts to one another. All over the world for three days. However, that cannot be the case. Because, why? The bold judgments of Revelation 16 would have already been poured out. The great earthquake where the cities of the nations fell, after which 100 pound hell destroys everything else. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be something. At the end of the 70th week is when the Lord returns to destroy the armies gathered at the Battle of Armageddon. All of this is going on, ladies and gentlemen. The Lord is coming back. Armageddon is being fought. The bold judgments are being poured out. The greatest earthquake since human beings have been on the planet where they won't find mountains and islands are going to be gone. Ladies and gentlemen, 100 pound hail is going to fall after that earthquake. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to get an idea of what a 100 pound hail is like. Have you ever, when the last time you've been to the bowling alley? When the last time you picked up a bowling ball? Those bowling balls are 14, 14 to 16 pounds, right around that, 20 pounds or less. And just imagine if what, what damage you would do if you dropped a bowling ball from the sky out of the clouds. That would go straight through a house, into the basement. That would destroy, that would go through metal. That's only 20 pound ball or less. This hail will be 100 pounds. That would have just happened, ladies and gentlemen. Glory to God. Now, according, and then at the end of the 70th week is when the Lord returns. When he destroys the armies that are gathered at Armageddon. It's in Revelation 19. We'll get to it. Glory to God. Number four, according to Revelation 7, when the seven, uh, 1260 days are finished, then the beast kills him. If this is at the end of the seven years, this presents a problem because when the Lord returns with the armies of heaven, the beast and the false prophet are captured and thrown alive into the lake of fire. That's Revelation 19, verse 20. Listen, I, I got to take you there. Let's, let's actually go there. I got to show it to you. Ladies and gentlemen, let's, let's look at this. Revelation chapter 19. Glory to God. This is what's going to happen. He says, and I saw heaven open up. This happens at the end of Daniel 70 week. This is the culminating event. This is when the Lord actually comes back. This is what's going to happen. I saw heaven open up. Behold, a white horse and he who sat on him, who was called faithful and true. 
and in his righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes were a flame of fire. His, on his head were many diadems or crowns. And he had a name written on him which no man knows except he himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped with blood. And his name is called the word of God. And the armies which are in heaven and clothed in fine linen, white and clean, uh, on, follow him on white horses. Look at this. The armies of heaven. That's us, the saints, coming back with him and his angels. We're all come, we all come back with the Lord in this battle, ladies and gentlemen. This happens at the end of that seven-year period, okay? Look at this. From his mouth comes a sharp two-edged sword, so that with it he might strike down the nations, when he, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God Almighty, and on his robe and on his thigh he had a name written. What is it? King of kings and Lord of lords. Look at this. He said, and then I saw an angel standing in the sun, crying with a loud voice, saying to all the birds which fly in heaven, come assemble yourselves to the great supper of God, so that you might eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of commanders and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and those who sat on them and the flesh of all men, both free and slave and bond, small and great. Look at this. And it says, verse 19, and I saw the beast. And the kings of the earth and their armies assembled to make war against him that sat on the horse in his army. These guys are actually going to try to fight the Lord with missiles and tanks, ladies and gentlemen, machine guns. They're actually going to, they actually think they're going to go somewhere with that. Glory to God. Listen to this. And this is what happens. One of the first things on the Lord's agenda when he comes back. And the beast was seized. And with him the false prophet who performed the signs in his presence by which he deceived those who dwelt, who deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worship his image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire which burns with brimstone. The rest were killed with the sword that comes out of the mouth from him who sits or who sat on a horse and all the birds were filled with their flesh. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the scene at the end of the great trip uh, of this Daniel 70th week. This is what happens at the end. So wait a minute. Let's go back to my screen share. So how then are some people saying that the two witnesses can be in the last half. Because if the two witnesses are in the last half, that means there would be a worldwide party going on right now. Doing all of this. And celebrating these two people. That's not going to be happening. Because it wouldn't permit it. And then it says the Antichrist or the beast from the bottomless pit is the one who's going to kill the two witnesses. Well, how is that possible? How is he going to kill him at the very end when the Lord catches him and the false prophet and throws him alive into the lake of fire? He can't be killing the beast and being thrown in the lake of fire at the same time. So this is why. Okay, now. Verse, we we got to cover all of this because when we get back to my chart and when you see the problem with the sixth seal on how the scholars have messed this thing up, they've messed it up, ladies and gentlemen. All right. If the two witnesses are in the last half, the worldwide, uh, celebra worldwide party celebrating their death would be three days after the 70th week, three days into the millennium. And, Arma and, and after Armageddon and the great earthquake and the hailstones, 
after the beast has been thrown into the lake of fire, at this point, there would be no coordinated worldwide celebrations. Nobody's going to be partying anything at that point. So that party couldn't be happening. All right. But the most of the problematic issue is, and this is the one that's going to help us with our timetable. Let me read this again to you. Again to you. It says, but after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God came into them and they stood upon their feet and great fear fell upon those who were watching them. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. When they went up into heaven in the, in the cloud and their enemies watched. And in that hour, there was a great earthquake and a tenth of the city failed. 7,000 people were killed in the earthquake and the rest were terrified and gave glory up to the God of heaven. But listen to the verse number 14. The second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. And people are going, whoa, what are you talking about? The woes. The second woe, ladies and gentlemen, has passed. I want that to sink in. Just let that sink into your mind. The second woe has passed. Okay, now. What are the three woes? There are three woes in Revelation. Let's look at them. Revelation chapter number 8, verse 13. I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe. That's your three woes to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. Okay, I want you to get this. Now, this is what the Beacon Bible Commentary tells us. Woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpets of the three angels which are about to sound. The language of this verse suggests that, in a very real sense, the worst is yet to be. The remaining three trumpet judgments will be more severe than the preceding four. It is now to be woe, woe, woe. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, woe, woe, woe is in reference to the fifth trumpet, the sixth trumpet, and the seventh trumpet. They're the last three trumpets. That's after Revelation 8. In Revelation 8, you are getting a picture of the end of trumpet number four. Okay, so four, four of the trumpets have already sounded. The angel is telling the world, y'all about to get it because there's still three more angels that's got the sound. All right? So the woes represent the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh trumpet make up the three woes. This fact imperils that the two witnesses are in the last half, and we'll get to that in a second. All right, now, this is what I want to prove to you that these woes are the trumpets. In Revelation chapter 9, verse 1 through 3, then the fifth angel sounded. So we're dealing with the fifth angel. And I saw a star coming from heaven and all of this. It opened up the bottomless pit. This is where the demon locusts come out. It talks about, uh, and verse number three says, and out of, their, uh, out of the smoke came locusts upon the earth and power was given to them as scorpions. Uh, scorpions of the earth have power. Now, 
Ladies and gentlemen, these are, these are demonic creatures that come out of the abyss. The abyss is a, a prison for demons, right? Okay, now, then at the end of the fifth trumpet, look at what the verse, uh, uh, and, and well, let me read this. It says in verse number 10, it says, they have tails like scorpions and stings, and in their tails is the power to hurt men for five months. And they have a king over them. And, the, and the, uh, the king is the angel of the abyss. His name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon. And in the Greek, his name is Apollyon. Listen to this. The first woe has passed. Behold, two woes are still coming. This is, the fifth, this is the fifth trumpet. The first woe has passed. This proves the first woe is the fifth trumpet. The second woe is the sixth trumpet. The third woe is the seventh trumpet. Okay? Now... Let's go back and read the text again, because I want you guys to get this with these two witnesses. Verse number 12, talking about when the uh, two witnesses are resurrected. It says, and they heard a voice from heaven saying to them, come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud and their enemies beheld them. And the same hour, there was a great earthquake and the tenth part of the city fell. And in that earthquake were slain 7,000, and the remnant were afraid, were frightened and gave glory to the God of heaven. Look at this. The second woe is past, and behold, the third woe come quickly. quickly. The text clearly says that the second woe, the sixth trumpet, which is the sixth trumpet, has passed, and the third woe is coming after that. Scripture Scriptures clearly synchronizing the passing of the second woe to the resurrection of the two witnesses. So when the two witnesses are raised, ladies and gentlemen, we are the second woe or the sixth trumpet has passed. Now that tells you something because so the three woes, if the two witnesses are in the last half it would make the third woe or the seventh trumpet would have to occur after the end of Daniel's 70th week. At the end of Daniel's 70th week is when the Lord is returning. We are at the end of the period. But if the two witnesses are in the last half, you've got the worldwide celebration going on. Then you got the two witnesses being raised from the dead. And then the second woe is passed, which means the third woe, which would be the seventh trumpet, would have to come after the Lord has already returned. That's impossible. But here's even the bigger problem. This is simply not tenable because the seven bold judgments come after the seventh trumpet. So after the seventh trumpet, you have the seven bowls. So that means all seven of those bowls would have to be poured out after the Lord has already come back. None of this makes sense, ladies and gentlemen. You can't have the two witnesses in the last half. They have to be in the first half. Therefore, the two witnesses must be in the first half which means the seals and the first six trumpets must also be in the first half, occurring before the two witnesses' ministry concludes. Many pre-rab scholars add an extra 30 days 
to make it 1290 days to the end of Daniel's 70 week. And some even extend it further and say, well, these bold judgments happen beyond Daniel's 70 week. But the problem with that is if you do that and you make the seventh trumpet blow after the millennium and you make the seven bowls be poured out after the, uh, the 70 week of Daniel, rather, after the 70 week of Daniel, then that means you have to give the Antichrist a 43rd or 44th month. And the Bible is very clear. He only has 42 months. So you can't extend the events that happen within Daniel's 70 week outside of that parameter because to do so, now you still need Antichrist still in power beyond Daniel's 70 week, which is problematic because he only has 42 months. If you gave him that extra 30 days outside of Daniel's 70 week, now he needs 43 months or 44 months. It's just not tenable, ladies and gentlemen. This is why you can't do that. Now, let's go back to the chart. Let's go back to John MacArthur's and him chart. Okay, now, let's read again what John MacArthur said in the very beginning. Unlike the first five seals, each of which involve humans in one way or another, the four horsemen, the saints under the altar, and the sixth seal, God acts alone. By the time this seal is opened, the midpoint of the tribulation has passed. This is the midpoint of the tribulation right here. The midpoint has passed and the world is in the final three and a half year period. This is the final three and a half year period right here. Okay. By then the final Antichrist has desecrated the temple. He desecrates the temple right around here. This is where the abomination of desolation happens right in this, happens right in this range. A glory to God. Okay. By that time, the final Antichrist has desecrated the temple and the abomination of desolation. The world worships him and a massive persecution of the Jews and the Christians have broken out. So John MacArthur has this sixth seal way over here. This is where he has it. This is where people in pre-wrath have it. This is where a lot of pre-trib scholars put it. They put it over here. But this is unequivocally Wrong, ladies and gentlemen. You cannot have the six seal right here. Okay? You can't. And the reason why you can't is because after the sixth seal, you have the seventh seal, then you have the seven trumpets and the seven bowls. Okay? Now, we're going to show this in a minute. We're going to bring this all home and wrap this lesson up. This is deep stuff. I know what it is. I know. You can always come back to the video and look at it later. If you don't understand something, just come back. Glory to God. Okay? All right. Now, let's look at this. Number one, the two witnesses have to be in the first half. We just proved they, they, they can't be in the last half. It doesn't make sense right now. The two witnesses are killed right here in the middle. Okay. This is where the abomination, this is where the abomination of desolation happens right here in the middle. Okay. Now, number two, after the two witnesses have been raised from the dead, that's a technically going to be 1,263 days because they, they lined the streets of Jerusalem for three days. That's, now we're on the other side of that middle point. The second woe, according to Revelation 14.11, has passed by that point. So now you're at the second woe by the time the two witnesses are raised. And the second woe, ladies and gentlemen, is the sixth trumpet. 
That's why this, the, the six seals can't be over here because by this time you're already at trumpet number six. The second woe has passed. Revelation 14. Number, number three. Since the sixth trumpet happens near the middle of the week, that means all the seven seals and five of the trumpets must occur in the first half, this half of Daniel's 70th week, okay? Meaning that the sixth seal cannot be placed after the abomination of desolation, where many places scholars have placed it. You can't put it there. Now, I know why they try to put it there, because it has the cosmic signs and that great earthquake and all that stuff, which plays out in Revelation 16. I understand it. I get it. But you can't put it there because by the time the two witnesses are finished, you're already past the sixth trumpet. You can't put it, the you can't have the seal over here. Let's listen. Six, the sixth seal has the cosmic disturbance in it, means that the opening of this seal is not a point of execution or a judgment seal, but the seal reveals events that actually occur further along in Daniel's 70-week timeline, past the midpoint. So in other words, when this seal is opened up on this side, it's actually showing you events that occur on this side. So it's a vision seal. It's not a point of execution seal. All right, so now let's just recap. Remember, the day of the Lord is the day of God's wrath. That's Isaiah 13, 9 through 13, Zephaniah. I put Zephaniah in this time, uh, chapter 1, verses uh, 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 14 and through 18. The day of the Lord happens after the abomination of desolation occurs. Uh, Daniel 9.27, Matthew uh, 24.15, 2 Thessalonians 2, 1-3. The seven seals occur before the seven trumpets, right? Okay, we agree with that. The sixth trumpet or the seventh woe has already passed by the time the two witnesses are resurrected in Revelation 11.14. Uh, the two witnesses cannot be in the second half because the third woe and the seventh trumpet would be forced to happen after the end of the 70th week, which also means all of the seven bold judgment would occur after the end of Daniel's 70th week. Since the sixth seal must be in the first half, the cosmic disturbances it shows cannot actually occur in the first half because the scripture clearly places the cosmic disturbances in the second half after the abomination of desolation is in place, right before the day of the Lord comes. Therefore, the sixth seal should not be placed in the 70th week timeline because these are visions of events that happen past the middle point and are not being executed when the seal is being opened. That's where the problem is. Likewise, the fifth trumpet and the fifth seal and the seventh seal, these are visions, not points of execution. Now, ladies and gentlemen, those of you that have stayed with me all this time, now is my time to unveil something to you that uh, the Lord gave me just a few days ago. I didn't set out to do a chart. Actually, I was kind of trying to work the timeline, and the Lord just started giving, to, giving it to me. And so I'm going to share it with you, that I'm sharing this with you for the first time. Ladies and gentlemen, all right. Oh, I got some more stuff. Remember that the day of the Lord is the wrath of God. 
The day of the Lord happens after the abomination of desolation is in place. You got to remember that. Before the day of the Lord arrives, the cosmic disturbances happen in the sky. That signals something's about to jump off. Before the day of the Lord comes, the sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon into blood. Okay? Remember, the seven seals occur before the seven trumpets. The sixth trumpet and the second woe have already passed. By the time the two witnesses are resurrected, the two witnesses cannot be in the second half because the third woe comes after it, which means so with the seven trumpets. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the chart that I have prepared for you. Look at this. All right, let me move me down here. All right, let's start from the first seal up here in the left. You see my cursor. I'm circling it around right here, right now. This is the white horse. This is seal number one. We put this on the timeline. This is the Daniel's 70-week timeline. This is the first half. This is the middle part. This is the end when the Lord returns. Okay? The first seal, this is the white horse which believe they believe the uh, person that's going to become the Antichrist, that's when he shows up as a false Christ or something. We really, we're not, we're not perfectly sure of this, but this is the accepted interpretation for right now. So we'll go with that. No problem. The second is the red horse with pieces taken away from earth. The second of uh, uh, the uh, third seal is the black horse. That's where all the famines and uh, all that stuff and the plagues and all that hit. And uh, the pale horse is the fourth horse with death, where death uh, 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 is following the pale rider. Glory to God. Now, instead of putting the fifth, sixth, and seventh seal up here in the timeline, we've got them opening, but not on the timeline. And there's a reason for it. The fifth seal shows the soul, the souls of, the, of, of, of martyrs, the Christian martyrs. That's not a judgment. So that's why we don't put it on the timeline. It gets opened up. Yes, we're not saying it's not opened at, at the time. So it just doesn't belong up here on the timeline because it's not a point of execution for a specific judgment. The same thing with the sixth seal. The sixth seal is down here. Why? We're going to show you why. The sixth seal has the vision of the cosmic signs that precede the day of the Lord. The, the, these cosmic signs happen over here, ladies and gentlemen. This is why many pre-trib scholars put the sixth seal right here. They put the sixth seal right here because this is where the cosmic signs would show up before the bold judgments of the day of the Lord and the wrath of God are poured out. The cosmic signs would be right around, right around here on the other side of Daniel 70, uh, other, other, on the other side of the abomination of desolation, the midpoint. So in the other charts, ladies and gentlemen, what we saw is we saw the, and let me just go back to it real quick. And the other charts, we see the sixth seal here. But we already know the sixth seal can't be there because by the time we get to the middle, we're already at the sixth trumpet, which is right here. So all of this stuff would have to shift, would have to shift, glory to God, over to the left, okay? But what is in the right place is the cosmic signs. So that's why in my chart, I show 
The cosmic signs are here, but the sixth seal is not being opened on the timeline. I'm not opening it on Daniel's, uh, having it open up on Daniel's uh, 70 week timeline because it's not a judgment seal. Why is it not a judgment seal? Because the things that the sixth seal reveal do not happen when the sixth seal is open. These things happen. These are visions of things that are going to happen later on in Daniel 70 week when we get to the cosmic sign. So the, one of the first things we see when the sixth seal is open is the cosmic signs. That's over here. But the seals happen back over on this side. So this is why I've got a line of the, of, the, uh, of the cosmic signs preceding the day of the Lord. And that's why this line comes from here to sixth seal and goes over here to the cosmic signs because the cosmic signs are right about in the right place. Now, this is an exact scale, but this is why they have the sixth seal there. This is why pre-wrath, pre-trib, a whole bunch of people put the sixth seal right there because of the cosmic signs. No, I put the seal Take the seal off of the timeline because it's not a point of execution, but it's a seal of vision. And it's showing things that are going to happen later on in Daniel's 70th week. Okay? Also what happens is uh, 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 the bold judgments. That's where that great earthquake is. Remember when we read in Revelation uh, chapter 6, uh, verse 12, it showed that great earthquake where every island and every mountain were moved out of the place. That earthquake actually happens in Revelation chapter 16 at the seventh bowl. That's where that earthquake happens. Where it says the mountains were not found and every island was moved out of the place. It's actually fulfilled at the seventh trumpet. And then we get the, uh, the, the whole idea where the kings of the earth say hide their face because of the, for the face of him that sits on the throne. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, that happens because in the battle of Armageddon, this is when the Lord returns in Revelation 19 and they're going to see him. And I'm going to say, hide our face. So what we're actually getting in the sixth seal, we're getting the beginning of this day of the Lord period and aspects of the bold judgments that are going to happen, that are, that are going to be poured out during the wrath of God. So that's what you're actually getting. But this is the vision of it. It's not the execution of it. And because it's not the execution of it, I've pulled it off the timeline because it doesn't belong up there. If you're going to put it on the timeline, you have to put it where everybody else has been putting it here at the over here where the six seal well, the other people had it. The problem with putting the six seal over there is, is the two witnesses would have already finished their time. You're already at the sixth trumpet or the second woe by the time the two witnesses finish their uh, their ministry, so the sixth seal can't go over here. It has to be over here. It it can't go over there. So again, let's go back to the let's go back to it so you can look at it. This is why they have the sixth seal here, ladies and gentlemen, because the sixth seal has the cosmic signs, okay, and that's why they put it there because that's the only way you can put it if you put the sixth seal on the timeline. The problem is, is it shouldn't be up there. It should be open, but not on the timeline because this is not a point of execution. It's a vision of what's going to happen once the uh, uh, bold judgments and the cosmic signs hit. 
The same thing with the seventh bowl, ladies and gentlemen. I mean the seventh, the seventh uh, seal. The seventh seal is a is a scene in heaven where the angels are preparing to go and blow the trumpets. It's not a point of execution because it's a vision of heaven. So the fifth seal is a vision of heaven of the souls under the altar. That's not a judgment. They're in heaven. The sixth seal is not a point of execution, but it's showing the vision of things that are going to happen right before the wrath of God comes and right at, and during the period of the bowl judgment. And the seventh seal is the vision that occurs in heaven where there is space in heaven for a half hour and, and, and they're getting ready to send the seven angels out. Okay, so seals five through seven should not be placed in the sequence of judgment events on the 70 week timeline. That's where the scholars are making the mistake. They're trying to fit these in on the timeline when they, sh they shouldn't be on the timeline. They should be open. They are going to be open. It's not saying we're, we're not saying they're open, but it's when you try to put them on the timeline that you get it all screwed up. You end up putting the sixth seal way down here where it doesn't belong. Okay, so that's why they've screwed it up. Okay, so these should not be placed in the sequence of judgment events on the 70-week timeline. The fifth seal is a vision showing the martyred souls under, under the altar in heaven. The sixth seal is a vision that shows the cosmic disturbances that appear prior to the coming of the day of the Lord and the events that occur under the, of the bold judgments. And the seventh seal is the uh, 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 scene in heaven. Glory to God. So that is the... Uh, That is the end of the uh, screen share, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but I, I wanted to, to go through all of that with you, uh, glory to God. Now, it may not make a difference to you at all because this really is a scholar's debate. Uh, and, um, but to those who say, no, 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 the wrath of God starts with the sixth seal, the problem with doing that is the sixth seal is not a point of execution. The sixth seal is a vision of what's coming later on down the line in Daniel's 70th week. So the wrath of God that is shown there actually wouldn't go there on Daniel's, the timeline on Daniel's 70th week because it's a vision. And so that's where the problem is coming in. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for your prayers. Listen, I know this was deep stuff. I know, I know, I know this is kind of the heavier, weightier theological arguments that we get into. But uh, I want to just make sure that you understand about the sixth, the, the problem with the sixth seal. And I believe we have just solved it. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, God bless you and keep you in Jesus' mighty name. And uh, we'll see you the next time with the Revelation Revolution.